Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sassy, the podcast. Today, we are having a very special episode because we have our very first guest. I'm like kind of sweating. Yeah, me too, because I'm not used to this. We have a very special guest. This is my very dear friend, Dr. Madeline Nguyen. She's actually also a Durham resident, very accomplished. She's almost nearing the end of residency, which is very exciting. Do you want to give us a little intro about you? I'm a Vietnamese-American, first-gen. I'm from Houston, Texas, and now I'm in the PNW for residency. I lived in New York for a year doing my internship because for Durham residency, you have to do like one year of general medicine first. For those who are not familiar, Durham is actually the most competitive specialty to match into, so it takes beauty, brains, all of the above. So we're very lucky and fortunate to have her here speaking with us today but I would say like our friendship was kind of an unexpected one like it kind of butted like out of nowhere you know I was moving to the PNW right and I was like I don't know anyone there and then someone mentioned to me that you're really cool and I was like okay great oh my god I'm (laughs) honored I wonder who this friend is like I should give them a big thank you (laughs) so I like slid into your dms and I was like hey I know we don't know each other but I'm moving to Portland let's be friends (laughs) Yes, I think that's what you said. And do you remember when the first time we met in real life was? It was in New York, the FIGS IPO event in New York. Yes, that must have been 2021. 2021, yes, because it was was right before I moved. Okay, so it was May of 2021, and that was the first time we had met in real life. I don't remember when you slid into my DMs, probably like just a bit before that. Yeah, literally months. I have a confession. What? You actually don't even know this. Like, I'm literally about to tell you. What do I not know about you? Now I'm I'm, I'm about to tell you for the first time. Okay. But I actually followed you not too long before you followed me. I had actually like commented on some of your posts and stuff, but like you never responded or read my comments or liked any of my comments. No! And at some point I did like a following purge where basically I like went through and I like deleted anybody who I was following that it wasn't like actually friends with. And so I ended up unfollowing you. And then literally I swear like the week or the next after you slid into my DMs. No way. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, I'm such a a horrible person that's how I oh my gosh no I'm a horrible person for not responding okay this is actually something I get in trouble for a lot people will send me like comments or dms that sometimes I'll catch and they'll be like why don't you ever respond and then my friends in real life will be like why didn't you respond to my comment because I turn off all my notifications for social media I turn it off on purpose mm-hmm. because I'm the type of person to to take negative comments really really hard and so my boyfriend was actually like you need to stop reading all comments (laughs) and I was like you're right no 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 no. you shouldn't feel bad at all I just thought it was like a really funny story that I should tell you now this episode is brought to you by visit Williamsburg in Williamsburg Virginia there's never too much of a good thing whether you're a foodie a golfer a history buff a shopaholic an outdoor enthusiast or a thrill seeker You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So then we met at the FIGS IPO event Mm -hmm. and I guess we hung out a little bit, but like nothing too crazy. We like said hello and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We went back to our respective homes in the Pacific Northwest. And so we were both new because we're both not from here. You're from? Texas. Right. And Mm -hmm. then you lived in New York and Mm -hmm. I'm from California. When you moved to the Pacific Northwest, like it's pretty hard to make friends here. Oh my God. Like so, so hard. What, what do people call it? The Seattle freeze? The Seattle freeze. I don't think there's so much of like a Portland freeze per se, mm-hmm. but I find that it's just harder to make friends as an adult. Well, um, and it's like cold and rainy. Yeah, It's not even, I don't think people mind the cold, but the raininess gets people to stay mm-hmm. home. And then yeah. where are you going to make friends if you're not leaving your house? It's already very hard for me to leave the house. <laughs> Regardless. Like, like even if the weather was perfect, I probably wouldn't leave the house. Literally, I'm like, um, I'm actually going to stay home tonight yeah my dog needs me so then we became friends here like you visited me in Seattle Mm -hmm. I visited you but Mm -hmm. I think the reason I mean we get along so well but in addition to that our boys so (laughs) Lucky is best friends with Madeline's dog named Mm -hmm. Kovu Lucky does like to like curl up into Kovu's fluff because he's got a lot of it yes he's a bit husky 
what was your first impression of me? I feel like I didn't know much about you before I reached out. After like reaching out, I was like, oh, she seems like really nice and really cool. Because you were just like so open to someone like sliding into your DMs. And I was like, oh, wow. Like she actually is open to being friends with me because I also have a tendency to be like, nobody likes me. Girl. We'll talk about that in a second and Enneagrams and all the things related to that. So embarrassing. But yeah, so I was like, oh, she seems like so nice. But also, and then I also like then started consuming your content. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dang, she's like talented, creative. She's so cool. I was like, wow, okay. And then I was like, oh my God, she's definitely not going to like me. My first impression of you in New York, like I just remember seeing you from afar and you were so cute. You were smaller than I thought you were because I didn't realize your height. On social media, you don't know height. So I was like, oh my gosh, she's so small and she's so cute. And you just had this bubbly energy I could feel like the positive vibes from like it's like your aura it like surrounds you and it is infectious to all the people around you it's so (laughs) nice of you to say do you think it's like a little bit of like Texan energy too I think it is honestly like definitely the friendliness got it but even for Texas I think I'm a little extra um, extra friendly yeah I love that. Next, I wanted to talk a little bit about the type of friendship that we have because as I have gotten older, I've learned so much about the kind of people that you want to keep around you. And you know that saying that's like, you are the the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I think in a lot of ways, like that statement is true. And Madeline specifically has taught me so much about like what friendships should be like. I would describe our friendship as very effortless we're like a low maintenance friendship where it's like oh my god we could be texting 24 7 but also if we don't talk for like six months like we're we're still there's literally no expectations but then you also know that like if anything happens like we're there in a heartbeat yes like I'd pick up you'd pick up literally if you like got hospitalized I would literally come and see you and make sure you're okay and vice versa yeah literally and like it's not like anything you know we can go six months without talking and then yeah when we hang out again it's like literally nothing has changed there's yeah. no hard feelings there's no expectations no hard like life, feelings uh, no. that's really important because yeah. like life gets busy at the end of the day like we're two individual people totally and I really appreciate like people who can understand that we have separate lives and like mm-hmm. we can enhance each other's lives without being like dependent on each other yeah you know And I think no hard feelings is a great point because sometimes we text and then we'll like text like crazy back and forth, back and forth. And Mm -hmm. then I feel like there are other times where like I text you and maybe you forget to respond to me or you text me and I forget. But again, like literally I know that it's never your intention to like ignore me or like to not respond to me. So it's like it's always just like I just want to make sure you're doing okay. You know, we can depend on each other Mm -hmm. without being dependent on <gasps> each other right like I just thought of that it's like so true <laughs> should we make that a quote yeah girl. slap it on a t-shirt mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna be my next Instagram caption <laughs> <laughs> put it in the bio girl put it in the bio <laughs> I love it one of the biggest lessons that I have learned you guys know that I literally preach about Enneagrams 24 7 anytime I make a new friend I'm like Enneagram what's your Enneagram what's your like Enneagram? is it something that's compatible and the person who got me hooked on all of that is none other than my bestie here because so, I'm literally obsessed as well I you mean, are literally like the most knowledgeable person like I literally truly. frame my entire world off of Enneagram I do too now though yeah like you've influenced you are it's a such a useful tool wow Thank you. (laughs) Can you explain to us a little bit about like the Enneagram system for people who are unfamiliar? It's a personality system Mm -hmm. um, and you're one of nine types and the idea is that at a certain age, it's kind of like late adolescence, your type is established based on, you know, nature versus nurture, but most of it is based off of like whatever trauma kind of shaped you. Then your type does not change throughout your life. But it's not like, you know, Myers-Briggs or other personality types or like Zodiacs where it's kind of no offense to people who love Zodiacs. (laughs) But to me, Zodiacs are a little bit arbitrary and maybe it's because I don't know a lot about it, but it's based off of a date 
that you were born. Right. Versus like Enneagram is based off of like your life experiences. Mm -hmm. And it's not as like static as Myers-Briggs. I feel like Myers-Briggs is like a snapshot in time and that can change. Yes. Versus Enneagram, your number does not change, but how that looks changes throughout your life depending on how mature you are, whether you're stressed or whether you're healthy. So it's very dynamic. It's the most accurate personality thing I have ever seen read about done I totally agree I think the way that somebody explained it to me was like Myers-Briggs for example is focusing on your behavior like what are you exhibiting Mm -hmm. versus Enneagram is focusing on what is the reason for that behavior because your reason never changes Mm -hmm. but your actions may change as you age as you learn new lessons Mm -hmm. and so why take a personality test that isn't going to like fully capture that entire idea Mm -hmm. so I think Enneagrams are so powerful it's a tool that a lot of companies fortune 500 companies will pay for their employees to take this test so that you can learn how to be like the best employee the best team player what are your weaknesses Mm -hmm. strengths which types do you get along with Mm -hmm. like which types maybe are a little harder for you to understand Mm -hmm. I do want to say though uh, one caveat is that I firmly believe that every type can get along with each other it's just dependent on where you're at in your health level you know like because Every type can be toxic (laughs) and every type can be great as well. Yeah. Yeah. And like the idea with Enneagram is that when you're in growth, you start to resemble the good qualities of another type. Mm -hmm. And then so the idea is that like when you are very healthy, you kind of start to resemble every type. So there's nine types and they are basically you put it on a wheel to look at it visually, right? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. let's start from one. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So ones are, they're basically perfectionists. They're kind of rule abiders and they can be very critical of themselves, but also of others too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They like to follow the rules or at least what they believe to be the correct set of rules. Because sometimes there isn't necessarily a correct answer. Right. Yes. But in their heads, there is one correct answer and one way to follow this. Yes. They're very righteous and that can be either good or bad just like every type number one is called the reformer reformer that's what I thought okay number two is called the helper so the helper they are the nurturing types they're very like selfless and generous and they're the ultimate people pleasers but they can also be (laughs) I'm gonna roast every single type okay so don't feel well, okay, so every type has pros and cons. So exactly. like, we're not trying to roast any specific type. We're just trying to give you both sides of the answer. <laughs> they can also be more jealous than other types. Mm-hmm. And they can be a little bit more like possessive too. Mm-hmm. I would say this is the type that is the most generous and loving and giving. But can also be very scary with those qualities when they're not healthy. And mm-hmm. only doing the generosity with the expectation of getting something in return. Without communicating. Yes, without what they communicating need in Yeah, Yeah. it's just like an expectation that you can read their mind. So threes, threes are the achiever. They are, you know, very charismatic, hardworking, and they're like the very successful people. Like they're the ones that you see succeeding at pretty much everything. Like a shining star. Yes, they're the stars. Their weaknesses is sometimes they... (laughs) Say it. Sometimes they can be fake. (laughs) It's because they're so image conscious. Yes, because they're worried about their image, so they don't want, like, people to dislike them, which can be a good and a bad thing. And they can be competitive. They are so competitive. (laughs) They as Oh, are they? Me? Me. I'm literally the world's sorest loser. Like, I cannot lose in Mario Kart, in in anything serious or not serious. Like, losing is a big no-no. So the basic fear of a three is to be worthless and the basic desire is to feel valuable and worthwhile. So mm. threes often spend their lives chasing achievements because it's just like never enough. At least when you're unhealthy, that is. 
yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like you got the gist of it. I mean, they're just like excelling, driven, but sadly due to probably lack of encouragement or reinforcement from like parents guardians teachers like yeah, telling whatever them that they the did a good is. job like it was never good enough so they just feel like they need to continue to be better better and better yes mm-hmm. they they can definitely like drive themselves up a wall because they feel guilty any time that they're like not working yes <laughs> this Three, one right here <laughs> threes are the type to like oh my god yay i achieved this goal okay what's the next goal a lot of people who work in healthcare are threes this mm-hmm. is a very common type there's one more other common type which we'll review yes reveal once we get there i feel like there's two other common types there's two other okay, okay you'll so. tell yeah, us yeah, when yeah. we get there yeah the four is the individualist. So fours are kind of like the tortured artists of the Enneagram. <laughs> so healthy qualities. They're very creative and self-renewing. They're expressive. They're expressive. I know, not me like struggling to find good qualities. For your own type. They can <laughs> Which be... Which is classic. They um, can be a little dramatic at times. Very dramatic. They can be like, very like self-loathing. I think it's like, because it's very emotional, right? Yeah. A lot of things come from a place of emotion. So mm-hmm. you can be on either side of the spectrum where you're yes. like super emotional versus like super not. The emotions kind of go both ways. It's mm-hmm. like the highest of highs and the yes. lowest of lows. Yes. And there's nothing in between. But fours feel like very comfortable in suffering and in sadness. And even if like, like you were saying, That's I'm bubbly. sadistic. I oh know. God. I know. Like to ourselves though. And so like you were saying, I'm like very bubbly and I am Mm -hmm. but a lot of the time I will be really really sad the difference between us is that let's say something went wrong Madeline would blame herself for it going Mm -hmm. wrong versus I would be like the system the system failed me (laughs) and I blame Um, everything on myself the Taylor Swift song like that is me I am the problem all the time is like my mentality yeah and I don't think people realize that they look at me and they're like oh she's probably self-absorbed in another way it's more so that they are always thinking that they're the problem yeah yeah that's like the one thing that I knowing you are for like anytime anything is like maybe less than ideal I constantly remind you like this is not you this has nothing to do with you (laughs) don't take this personally that's the thing I think force take it personally yes everything is good or bad good or bad yes everything's Um, personal which can be to your advantage or to your disadvantage our differences in how we respond to things going Mm -hmm. wrong I'll blame it on myself and then it'll be like crippling and I'll just like I'll basically be in this like dark hole and cry and then I don't really do anything to change it yeah versus you you'll be like what failed me let me fix this right now because this absolutely like cannot happen and then it it like propels you forward yeah in business you have to be objective and yes you have to be objective Mm -hmm. yeah yeah fives are the investigators so basically they're very like cerebral and very perceptive they're basically the experts on whatever it is that they decide to be an expert in and they also won't speak up Unless they know that they're the ones who know everything about that subject. The downside to fives is they can be a little in their heads, like they kind of isolate themselves a little Mm -hmm. bit more. It can be difficult for them to get out of their head until they're confident in that they are the expert. Yeah, all of my friends that are fives are incredibly good at the singular thing that they are so insanely good at, yeah. like to the mm-hmm. T. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very impressive watching a five be good at the thing that they are oh good at. Yeah, so impressive. Because I, I don't have the attention span or the <laughs> ability. Like, I feel like I'm like okay at everything, but I'm not like, oh my God, I'm so good at this one thing. Sixes are the loyalists. So sixes are incredibly loyal to whoever it is that they decide to commit themselves too they're also very prepared for like literally everything but the reason why they're so prepared is because they're more prone to anxiety than any other type like any type can have anxiety yeah but like sixes are kind of like anxious about everything Mm -hmm. and so their way to combat that is to be prepared for everything the great qualities they're loyal they're very committed and they're very prepared but the bad qualities like they can be anxious and very suspicious They'll be suspicious of you, but then once they welcome you into their circle, they're like 
like that's they would die die for you they Mm -hmm. would take a grenade for you exactly exactly they are a very good friend partner whatever like once you get them on your side but I feel like they do kind of have high walls type seven sevens are the enthusiasts so they're like the really fun people the ones that like light up a room because they're so fun they're the life of the party essentially they're really fun loving and like excitable Mm -hmm. and like enthusiastic and they always look on the bright side of things more unhealthy qualities they can be a little bit scattered so hard for them to kind of like commit to one thing or to one person even because they just like love everything they're like oh my god this is fun this is fun like this works too yeah they're like worried about missing out and they're very spontaneous so they're like down to do whatever Mm -hmm. and they get a lot of FOMO and then they can avoid negative emotions like the plague they'll just pretend like they don't have any negative Mm. emotions um which can be hard definitely the funnest loving type of the wheel they are nobody loves like doing a new activity they've never done before more than a seven eights are faves our fave this is called the challenger number eight so eights are very strong assertive they're natural leaders unhealthy qualities They can be confrontational, and that can be good or bad, right? Unhealthy eights can be aggressive and controlling. They're very confident. Very natural confidence. Yes. Like, and if they're unhealthy, it can come off as cocky, but when they're healthy, it's just like this natural, like, quiet confidence where they don't question themselves. They don't question. Yeah. Which Which I can't relate at all. Neither of us can. I'm, like, completely the opposite. I'm, like, chronically questioning myself and chronically being like oh my god did I make the right move like did I say the right thing and then like eights will just be like we'll just talk and then not even think about it after like I will cringe at myself for something I did like years ago totally versus eights are like no it was perfect it was perfect exactly the way that I did it I have no regrets eights are confrontational but they don't think they're being confrontational a lot of the times they think that they are just having a conversation. They're like, I'm just talking to you. But like to the other person, it may feel very confrontational. Yes, exactly. They would be great lawyers. Yes. Great lawyers. They totally would be. Honestly, I really think eights would be great at anything. They're just like good leaders. Yeah. But I think there are a lot of eights in healthcare doctors specifically there are so many eights in healthcare and I think it's like the leadership element I also feel like they have good work ethic Mm -hmm. a lot of the times and medicine is a grueling profession where you really need to be like sustainably putting in long-term work and eights are very good at being able to do that and like seeing the foresight of like the work I'm doing is good now and will be good in the future as well we are both currently dating eights (laughs) yes which is why we love eights I know nines are the peacemakers they're actually called the crown of the Enneagram because they exhibit a lot of the good qualities of every single type. They kind of blend in. They blend in. They are like forgotten because they never assert themselves in any way. They would be like if they wanted strawberry ice cream, but if everybody else wanted orange ice cream, they'd be like, we're getting, I want orange ice cream. Like, yes. Orange ice cream is fine. Yeah. They're, they're basically like so afraid of conflict or not even afraid. They're so averse to conflict that they will go along with anyone around them just to avoid that conflict. Yeah. And they can really bring people together because they are the peacemakers. Yes. And they're just so, I mean, they're truly selfless. Like there's no tallies with nines. On the flip side, they can dissociate from their own emotions. Yeah. They like prioritize peace over everything. And mm-hmm. I think the other kind of more negative side of nines is that they can get complacent. Yes. Right? Yes, they can. Yeah. So nines sometimes are so peacemaky that they're so happy and okay with where they're at that they just end up where they're at. I want to give an example because I have a friend who's a nine and he lives in New York. I know nothing about New York. I never lived on the East Coast. Like occasionally I'll visit or whatever, but anytime I do, I take Ubers. I don't really subway that often. Yeah. But basically I was like, oh, hey, like I'm in New York. I think I was staying near like Times Square or something. So I was like, I'm near Times Square. Like where's a good place to meet you? And he was like, anywhere in Manhattan works. Kevin, like, where's Manhattan? And he was like, babe, he said basically all of New York. Like, he'll he'll come anywhere to meet you. And I was like, oh, that's, that's like, so nice. Like, that's such a nine thing to say. Whereas if it were me, I'd be like, well, I'm next to Times Square. So... (laughs) 
a let's meet near here. Yeah, yeah, let's meet here, yeah. Yeah. They never really want to assert any opinion. You kind of have to coax opinions out of a nine. Whatever I say about the Enneagram, like, I could totally be wrong. If you're, like, whatever number and you, like, completely disagree with what I'm saying, like... We are not, like, the experts of all time, so please take everything we say with a grain of salt. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Let's talk about types that we are close to or not close to. Okay, so you said you're drawn to three fives and eights because you can learn something from them. Yeah, I don't know why, honestly. It just, like, clicks the most, I think. What I admire most about threes are, like, they're so tactful, like, all the time. And, like, that's something I need to do better about. (laughs) I lack tact. I'm just, like, I mean, hard on my sleeve. Immediately, just, like, this is what I think and this is how I'm going to say it. And Mm -hmm. I need to, like, learn how to be more tactful. And I also admire, like, how, like, charismatic threes are and, like, how creative they are and, like, achieving anything that they put their minds to. Mm -hmm. Fives, I just have amazing conversations with fives. Fours get so deep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes it's like a little annoying how deep I can get because I'm like literally asking people and like trying to get deep with people without realizing it. Mm -hmm. And to some people it might be invasive. Mm -hmm. And fives are always able to get there with me. I don't know. I love fives. My dad's also a five. So eights, I love how strong eights are. They have this just natural confidence and like natural strength to them that sometimes I can feel like I lack. Sometimes I feel like too vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And they're also just so real. Like so real. like Straight to your face. Yeah. They're not going to be anything that they're not, you know. And that's something that like fours really love because like fours really value authenticity Mm because like fours are also very (laughs) authentic to a fault. Eights at least like know to have a little bit of tact. So I am friends with a lot of threes. I think I can relate to a lot of the struggles that they go through. Mm -hmm. So they make a great friend. Mm -hmm. I will say that because we are both usually competitive, it's easier to be friends with threes who are competitive about different things. Like let's say I'm really passionate Mm. about like video editing, but they're passionate about, I don't know, gardening. Like as long as the category is different, it's pretty easy to be friends, but it's pretty difficult when we're in the same lane because it gets a little cutthroat. I'm friends with a lot of twos and I think the reason is because they are such givers and I tend to be somebody who doesn't necessarily make the first move first. So when other people make the first move of like kindness or love or care, I think I'm more likely to become friends with somebody, which is something that I have self-reflected upon deeply because It's not always a bad thing. Like, you should make the first move sometimes, right? And some people you'll never be able to be friends with unless you have the audacity to make that first move. Mm -hmm. Um, So I admire that trait deeply in twos. I think twos are one of the, like, most wonderful people to keep around you when they're healthy. Mm -hmm. But in the same way, they can be very scary to keep around you when they are unhealthy because it's a lot of expecting without communication. I'm somebody who needs, like, clear communication to understand what somebody else needs from me like Mm -hmm. I would much rather you tell me straight up straightforward so that I can think of actionable items for how to be a better friend or how to whatever you're a very action oriented person yes Yes. so I think that can be kind of a hard disconnect but I find myself around a lot of twos other than that on the wheel Kevin's an eight so love an eight I do have a few friends who are fives too I deeply admire how good they are at what they do so I respect them a lot. Yes. So we also forgot to mention that you can also have a wing. Some people have wings, some people don't have wings. You can exhibit traits of the two types on either side of you. So like if you're a three, you can either be a three wing two or a three wing four. Yes. But one is always a little bit stronger than the other. How would you describe wings? I think it's like you have your majority, your predominant type, but you have characteristics that Mm -hmm. are from another type that maybe come out when you're more stressed or when you're more happy. Mm-hmm. I think it's almost like a subconscious that like kind of pops out every once in a while. Yeah. But I think the biggest misunderstanding about wings is people think that like, oh, I'm like a three wing eight. Like yeah. you cannot be a wing that is not directly connected to your type. So yeah. for a three, it's only two and four. For yeah. an eight, it's only seven and nine. Mm-hmm. So. And for a nine, it's eight and one. Like it kind of, it's a circle for yes. that reason. The way I think about wings is like your type is your core motivation. So like why? 
why you do what you do. So like sure. for a four, for instance, my main motivation is to find my own personal significance and my own identity and to like be myself completely. Yeah. The wings is how that kind of manifests, how that comes out. And so I'm a four wing three. So in order to find my own personal significance and mm-hmm. to like find my identity, I do that through achieving things which is probably why I became a doctor. I don't know. (laughs) I have to be unique versus like a four wing five is going to like find their uniqueness by becoming an expert in something. But you're a three wing four. Yes. And so like your main motivation is to succeed, right? Yes. Three wing fours, like you see a little bit of that creativity. They succeed in more like creative fields Mm -hmm. Um, versus like three wing twos are going to be, they will be a very successful friend. Like they're very good at being generous and good to their friends and their family and stuff like that. Yeah. It's interesting to watch our friendship because I'm a three wing four and you're a four wing three. And like there are so many overlaps, but also like the outcome will be the same, but our inter interpretation of that outcome will be different. We were just talking about how like we we both are constantly comparing ourselves to others. Yes. When I compare myself, it's because I'm like, oh my gosh, the other person is so much more unique than me. So yeah, much, they're so like, special. So like, much. Like, they're oh my special. gosh, they got this cool award. Like it's you don't even want the award. You're like, they get this thing that makes them different. Yes. And, and then I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why I didn't suck. I get the award? Yeah. <laughs> right? Why don't I have any awards? I just suck as a person. But then for me, I'm like, what's that award? Why didn't they give me that award? Like that's the award I I want. In fact, if they got one award, I'm gonna come back and get three awards, so I'm gonna get more than them. We both want the same thing, but yes. the motivation is different. I, exactly. We Which should just is, be more like eights and I just know. come up with an action plan. For Literally, what? just be like, "F this! I'm gonna come up with an action plan." I'm a boss. Eights would be like, "I'm gonna make my own award. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna present myself the own award." <laughs> like they would come up with a whole new thing. Problem solvers. They are. Right? Like I feel like we both get real stressed yeah. when it comes time we're like shoot eights are like let me actually address the root cause of what mm-hmm. this problem is mm-hmm. so that we don't ever have this issue ever again and if the yeah. pro- if the problem solving takes longer so be it because the problem will be forever solved yes right? exactly and they're also just kind of like they don't even question if they can solve the problem they're just like i know the solution which is so crazy <laughs> because crazy. i feel like i know my limitations but eights yeah. eights be they're like, like i have no limitations the limit does not exist <laughs> the limit does not like exist. i can do anything literally Yes, and it's so admirable. And then sometimes, like, they will straight up not know something, but they'll just say it so confidently that everyone believes them. Yes, I like, say did everything you fact like check that. If then you fact check them and you're like, actually, no, it's this. They'll argue with you and be like, no, I'm right, and this is why. The, and they'll just like keep like yeah, they'll saying, continue yeah. even if they're absolutely wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I had so many fights with my boyfriend when we first started dating because I was like are you seriously going to like railroad the conversations right now? Because I'm the type of person to like wait until someone finishes before I speak and I'm like fully listening and stuff. They love interrupting. Love it. Oh my God. Like I think it's like they get a thought in their head and they feel the need to like get it out immediately. Who would you say is the leader in your relationship though? Oh, absolutely, Evan. Like really? Yeah, he's, he's the leader, but like he, so eights when they are healthy, they exhibit the healthy qualities of a two okay so they're very nurturing and very caring even though he's like the leader it doesn't always look like that because he's always serving me I wasn't completely sure what the answer was like I know he obviously in comparison to you has more time so he leads like the household operations oh my gosh yes but I wasn't sure in terms of like decisions making and like you know he whatever. makes the decisions I see I, and like if I have a strong opinion about something I usually don't honestly like <laughs> Outside of work, I'm so type B, which a lot of people who like work with me are surprised about. Yeah. And then my friends outside of work are like, you're a You're type A. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. So it's hard to tell sometimes, but yeah, that's definitely our dynamic because he mostly has like the strong opinions and stuff. And so I'm just like, okay. (laughs) Interesting. So I think Kevin and my relationship, I'd actually would love to hear what you think, Mm -hmm. but threes and eights both love to be in charge and leaders and like making decisions for very different reasons Mm -hmm, but we mm -hmm. both are 
driven to like be the decision maker yeah who do you think is the leader in the relationship if there is one oh my gosh I feel like that's so hard for me to answer because it's hard for people to really truly understand a relationship when they observe from the outside you know and I firmly believe that because like you know there are intricacies in every relationship that you can't like truly understand you know if I had to guess I would say that you're probably the leader so the funny thing is that I think I'm the leader in the relationship. Yeah. But Kevin, if you asked him, would also say that he's the leader in the relationship. <laughs> which is such an eight thing it to is say. Such an and such a three thing for me to say yes, as well. Yes. Then. I think we both lead different operations in yes. our lives. Like obviously I am more free than him. So I'm leading like the household operation. Mm-hmm. I mastermind obviously the content and the social media and whatever which take up a bigger percentage of our lives so it feels like I'm leading a bigger percentage of you know our lives yeah, like from point. that perspective yeah but Kevin is a leader when it comes to problem solving mm-hmm. one time when Kevin and I literally just started dating we went on a run and I had a lanyard the lanyard had my house keys on it mm-hmm. somewhere on this run it was one mile from my house we lost the key It was July 4th or something. It was some sort of national holiday where nobody was open. So there was like no locksmith, no nothing, whatever. So as a three, I'm like, what can I do? Let me problem solve. Let me figure this out. Okay. Called all the locksmiths. Finally found one that was open. They said they would be here 90 minutes. Perfect. I was like, how much is it? It was like 120. And I was like, great. I'll have the money ready. And then we will be home in 90 minutes. Stubborn Kevin is like, let's keep retracing our steps. And I was like, honey, we've already retraced our steps three times. Like, we're we're not doing this again. And lo and behold, this man on the, like, 10th time of retracing finds the key. Oh, my god! Like, this tiny, tiny, tiny key. And he's like, see, I saved you 120 bucks. But that is, like, the difference in our problem-solving skills. Kevin is like a never give up. And I'm like, okay, I've given up. Like, let me jump straight to the solution that I know works. Yeah. But a lot of life is knowing not to give up even just like stupid things like filling out government paperwork oh I get so upset I'm like so oh like how come the form's not so working yeah. why like oh and I'm like oh I'll come to this another day and comes like let me just figure out which box you forgot to fill in yeah. why it's not continuing to go and that's you know? like what makes a strong relationship right like your strengths complement the other's weaknesses and vice When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply versa let's talk about like soulmates twin flames yeah all that kind of stuff because yeah. I feel like I love how we were just like we don't believe in zodiacs and I here we are like here we are. twin flames I think twin flame is similar to a soulmate like in my mind I feel like it's those people that you're just naturally drawn to and that you have this yes. crazy fire and passion for but it's just not it's not always necessarily healthy, right? Like a four, the highs are real high and the lows are really low. It's someone that you'll always have this deep love for. What's the difference between a soulmate and a twin flame, do you think? Honestly, to me, they're still similar. But like, what do you think? I think a twin flame is more like you are literally so similar to the T. You have the same strengths. You have the same weaknesses, Mm -hmm. which makes fun so much fun but makes pain so painful yes I think a lot of people in their lifetimes us included have dated twin flames or come across twin flames Mm -hmm. and those relationships can be toxic in a way that's so fun yeah because you like push each other's buttons exactly in the same way Mm -hmm. but then you know how to like fix that situation too Mm -hmm. and reach a resolution yeah I think a soulmate is slightly healthier technically it's where like your soul is connected to their soul and you don't necessarily have like the same like weaknesses or strengths or whatever you're just more like connected it's a connection Mm. that you can't quite describe at least in my head that's how I see it I think I believe in the idea or the concept of both Kevin doesn't believe in anything he's like that can't be true do you think there's only one soulmate or do you think you could have multiple soulmates 
I don't believe in the concept of the one. Like I think the yeah, one, same. there's multiple people that you can be happy with. Totally. I think it's it's dependent on so many factors yeah. like timing, where you're both at in health. Like yeah. going back to the Enneagram, like are you both healthy? Are you able to, you know, like work through things in a healthy yeah. way? As well as reason and place. It has to have all four or it's not the right person. It doesn't mean that like there's only one person out yeah, like there. Yeah, like one everyone. singular person like, no, that you I can connect so. with. Mm-hmm. Do you think that once you love someone, you will always have love for them? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think so too. I think so. I don't think that love ever goes away. And then maybe that love goes from like a romantic love to like this respect or this you know admiration for the person one of the hardest realizations for me (laughs) was that love is not always enough to keep people together your twin flame is someone that you will want to hold on to forever because it's it just feels good and it's a connection that cannot be replicated Mm -hmm. it's not that other connections aren't as good it's just it's not the same versus like the person that by your definition your soulmate it's like a warm love, like a, a healthy love, a mature yeah. love. You yeah. know, it's not passionate per se. It might not be like crazy, like ups and downs. Yes. Because um, that's so, actually contrary to popular belief is actually not great. Like you want stability. You, you want do. Like boring is good. I watched this TikTok that was like, it's interesting because relationship, the things that you want and like out of like a short term fling, which is like desire and like mysteriousness and like you lose all of that in a long-term relationship so you can easily get confused like what you really want versus like what your subconscious is just like oh my god this is like a good temporary thing oh something that we like discussed recently is that it's also a lot of pressure for your one single monogamous (laughs) partner to fulfill all of your needs and all of your desires right the same way that like a school teacher you have a history teacher a science teacher a language arts teacher you don't expect one person to teach you all of that why do we expect our one partner to fulfill all of our needs like we need to outsource to our friends our family other people who care about us but it's not reasonable to expect your partner to be the person to do everything absolutely and that's definitely something I need to work on I think it's something we all need to work on yeah absolutely constantly remind ourselves I think it's also still okay to ask your partner for what you need yes um that's the key is like you have to communicate you can't expect people to read your mind you know and then you compromise with your partner and if like your partner isn't able to give you x at this time because they're too busy giving you y and z you should have grace for your partner in that moment and then like outsource the x the rest of the x that um you need somewhere else yeah I want to talk a little bit about navigating female friendships in particular in your 20s. I'm a little younger than you, so I feel like I go through my life lessons a little bit later than you. So in a lot of ways, you've taught me a lot and tried to like warn me or guide me or help me through the things that I'm going through. But I think it's inevitable. Like you will go through friendship breakups and some of them will be so dramatic to the point where it's like, oh my God, it's a massive blowout. And others will just kind of fade away. How do you know that your friend is being toxic and it's time to leave? This took me so long to learn because I'm the type of person to like when I love someone, I will always like be on their side and give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. The sign of a toxic friend is you have to do a little bit of like self-reflection and ask yourself what side they bring out in you. Like how do they make you feel? Is your life enriched by bringing this person into your life and by spending time with this person? Like are they a positive addition to your life and objectively speaking like hanging out with them do you feel good afterwards or do you feel drained and exhausted? That's what you asked me, right? When I was trying to figure out what I was going through. I feel like that's really hard for both of us because we both, you know, have a little bit of like people pleaser in us. And then we want our loved one to feel our love. Something that I used to value a lot in friendships was time. And loyalty, right, over those years. Yeah, Yeah. and I was like, like, we've been friends for this many years, and so they must be a good friend. As I've grown older, 
I realized that that's not true. Like at all, like time doesn't necessarily have anything to do with whether or not this person's a good friend. Megan and I have no, (laughs) we were shocked that we were like, when did we become friends? uh, It feels like like, we've been friends for a lifetime, right? Yeah. Because the connection is deep. The connection is there. We add a lot to each other's lives versus, you know, I was friends with people for nine years and they just made me spiral worse into depression and like brought out the worst qualities in me it took me finding real friends like good friends Mm -hmm. to teach me what a friendship should be like yes like what a real friendship yes and I was like oh I didn't even know that it could be like this like yeah people that like support me and don't judge me but still are able to, you know, be honest with me. I think the issue with a lot of these friendships is that your 20s are a time where you are learning and growing so much and you are going to college and you're literally becoming like a different version of yourself. And some of these friends you make before then or while you're going through that and you just aren't the same person when you come out on the other side. Mm -hmm. And in a friendship, you either grow together or you grow apart Mm -hmm. or people take on positive characteristics or negative characteristics and those can drive a wedge between your friendship like something really beautiful that I feel like I've learned in my 20s is that it's like it's okay to let go like you don't have to be friends with someone just because you've always been friends with them of all the people who I'm no longer friends with like I wish nothing but the best for them and I can't say that I felt that way like in my early 20s but now I'm just like I hope that everything works out for them they were not the friend for me, but mm-hmm. I wish them the best. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I don't think that like if a friend is toxic to you, it doesn't mean that they're going to be toxic to everyone. Right. I don't think that it makes them a bad person either. I yeah. think, you know, it just doesn't work out for one reason or another. And that's why I was like, it's not just about how someone treats you. It's also about how they make you feel. For instance, if they make you feel jealous and then you express that by being mean to them, it's your fault for being mean to them, but it's also like you should not feel like you need to be in a friendship that makes you feel jealous. Like that's totally that's not either you work on that yourself or you leave the friendship and that's okay. Oh. But you have to be honest with yourself about how someone makes you feel. Yeah, I think not compatible is a very key word there mm-hmm. because I think we often blame ourselves and it's like, oh, why can't I make this work? Like, why can't be why can't I be a better friend? But when it's getting to the point where it's draining you and affecting you, unfortunately, you have to do what is in your own best interest. Like you can't yeah. continue to sacrifice yourself long term for somebody else. They always say that you should end up with the person that brings out the best version of you, yeah. like in terms of love life. Yeah. But I think that applies to friendships as well, it if totally not does. even more so. What are the biggest red flags you look for in a friendship? Um, I think red flags can be different for everyone. True. But for me... I don't deal well with judgmental people. Okay. So like if they're judging other people, red flag for me. If they're talking poorly about other people, mostly their friends, Mm. huge red flag for me because I'm like, if you're talking poorly about your friends, you're What's going to stop you from talking about me? Yeah, especially like if they're offering you that tea when they're not even close to you. Yeah. You know, it's like... That's true. But like green flags, I would say, are people who you can like look up to and who who inspire you in one way or another, Mm -hmm. you know? What about you? What are your red flags? I would say in general, I'm pretty generous, not just even financially, but just like with my knowledge, with the way that I like love people, with the way that I like take care of people. So when people aren't able to show me at least like a fraction of that back, like it's it's red flaggy to me. If they appreciate it, that's fine. But if they don't appreciate it, I'm like big red flag. Yes. Friends who get close to you too fast also red flaggy. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Why is that? I feel like it often comes with an ulterior motive. Oh my god, Um, yes. And I feel like, we've talked about this, that I let people in like too easily Mm -hmm. and I feel like I get stung. Because they're either looking to get something from you or they're looking to keep you close because they want to hurt you. And that's sad because that's spoken from like personal experience. Yeah. Green flags, I would say good communication. 
whether that's over text or in real life and just like communicating like, hey, sorry, like I'm really busy this month. Like I'm not going to be able to like talk much. Even like expressing the things that make you busy, like I feel like are great. When you say good, do you mean like clear communication or do you mean frequent communication? I mean good communication. I don't need frequent communication. I'm a busy person too. Yeah, yeah. Like then clear. Yeah. And then what helps me is when you communicate to me clearly what I can do as a friend to help you. Mm Because sometimes I'm not always the best at reading in between the lines. Mm -hmm. So if you can tell me like, if you could help me pick up my dog from daycare this day, that would really help me. Just get straight to the point. Like if you haven't asked, ask it. My number one biggest pet peeve is when somebody freaking texts me and is like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, we're not that close if you're asking me how am I you clearly want something so just get straight to the point like I'm probably happy to help you but just ask yeah I've had so many times where I've helped somebody and it's like burned me instead and I'm like I literally helped you with this thing yeah I mean I think that's just part of your 20s is learning (laughs) how to spot your red flags you know like how to spot people's red flags and then also learning how like in what ways you can be toxic totally I'm not saying I'm perfect at all like I've been toxic in the past yeah same and like I feel like I'm the type where it's like oh you want to be toxic like I'm gonna show you what toxic looks like (laughs) which is a horrible thing to do I should never do that okay and then we're gonna be doing a fun segment for every guest that comes on the show we'll be asking them the same questions a little rapid fire but feel free feel free to have the answers as short or as long as you'd like okay number one best advice you've ever gotten best advice that I've gotten for myself is that you should not weigh all criticism the same. You should look at who is giving the criticism. Yeah. And you should ask yourself if you like really respect this person or not. If you don't respect someone, it's probably because that they don't have the best intentions behind their criticism. I love action. that you use the word like weight because literally it's on a scale Mm -hmm. right like how important is this criticism from like one to ten how valid from a grain of salt to literally like you need to listen to what this person is saying you know something you wish you could tell yourself five years ago that everything's gonna be okay (laughs) everything works out nothing lasts forever in the best and the worst way you're not always gonna feel this happy you're also not always going to feel this sad. Uh, something people misunderstand about you. I'm a four, so I feel like <laughs> I'm constantly like, oh, I'm so misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> everything. Everything. Literally Nobody everything. understands me. <laughs> I would say my friendliness, my kindness, or my bubbliness is not mutually exclusive with capability and intelligence. Yeah, especially I, as, like, a, a woman. In medicine. Yes, in medicine. Yeah. There's a lot that you have to overcome, especially for someone like me. I'm small. I'm Asian. I look young. Yeah. Uh, I'm very bubbly. And so people might just assume right off the bat that it's ditzy. It, it's not mutually exclusive from from intelligence and capability, just yeah. like vulnerability is not mutually exclusive from strength. If you had a genie and can make a wish, what would it be? I wish I was done with residency. <laughs> I think Kevin would make the same wish. That's yeah. a that's a good wish, I think. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the Sassy Pod. I had so much fun. Thank you for being our very first guest. It feels special having like a personal friend. Thank you for having me. It means a lot. <laughs> well, perfect. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.